Hello, welcome to the Adam Fitch podcast. I'm the host, Adam Fitch, and today I'm joined by Kieran Holmes Darby. He's the CEO and co founder of XL Esports and has seemingly just finished a world tour where he's been speaking on panels and such. Uh, thank you for joining me, Kieran. I appreciate it. No, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Um, pleasure, pleasure to be here and appreciate the, the wonderful introduction. I'm a natural. So um, in, instead of asking you to introduce yourself as such, I think I thought I'd. Um, rather ask like how and why does excel exist so like how did it all all come about and why did you start it really yeah so um so a lot of people have heard the story of kind of how it came about but i'll uh, happily tell it again because it's a great story and true um which is uh, my brother and i were sitting in a weatherspoons pub in lancaster uh, where i was going to university at the time and we were discussing gaming and esports. It's always been a passion for both of us. Like we've always played games together. Um, whilst we were away at different universities, that was kind of how we bonded, I suppose. We never picked up the phone and called each other. We always would be like, let's hop on uh, TeamSpeak or whatever it was at the time and, um, and play some games. So we were just chatting about that more, more kind of generally. And, and there were teams in uh, Call of Duty, which was kind of our chosen esports, if you like, at the time, um, such as your optic gamings of the world your team enviouses of, of, of the world who we kind of really looked up to and we're like that's quite cool i suppose you could call us fanboys of those organizations at the time and we went hey like why don't we just start our own there's not really anything going on um in the uk and you know we feel we could do something something big here um went home that night created a twitter page and it kind of all just went crazy from there i suppose and how long ago was that when you when you started things it was about five years have i seen or literally five years and six days ago um we so we had our five-year anniversary very recently uh yeah it was it was crazy it was just a very much a hobby passion project bedroom organization all of those like grassroots terms uh to start with um and it just kind of yeah grew and grew year on year yeah and so since then you've entered um a partnership with riot games for the lec they call them long-term partnerships and not franchising so you're now mm-hmm. um competing against uh or like alongside or whichever way you want to put it really against like some of the biggest organizations in both Europe and, and the world. So um, from that, about probably about a month ago now, it was in October, I believe, where Forbes released a report um, giving team valuations and such um, with yeah. some like ludicrously high um, numbers and valuations, in my opinion. I just wanted to get your your take on, on that, really. Yeah, valuation of... Uh of esports organizations is a is an interesting one there's no there's, there's no um set way of, of doing this you've seen that the the valuations of all those organizations are you know x revenues and they vary massively between the organizations so um I, i'd have to do some more digging into exactly how forbes um you know evaluate those companies and value those um those companies but i don't think they're a million miles away as some people have suggested um okay. if, if i'm perfectly honest with you like i uh some of their reporting is 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 pretty sound and i can see see how they've come to those conclusions so i, I don't think i think a lot of people have said oh these uh, ludicrous numbers you know etc and, yeah. and, and 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 absolutely you know i think you're not wrong in some areas but also i think in other areas they're they're pretty spot on so i think it's the best you know uh league table if you want to call it that right. that we've that we, you know that we've got at the moment when it comes to valuations i don't think we've got anything better up there right now um so at least it gives a guide as to as as, as to what's going on yeah well so I, I spoke to a couple of people once it came out and um 
I believe may, maybe not all, but some at least like uh, gave um, their revenue for the past year or, or such to to Forbes to run with. And I mean, it's easy to just give a, a figure, you know. But that that so that could be truthful. It could be more accurate than some people think or or not. But um, so I, I guess that leads me into kind of revenue streams, right? Um, I think I think there's a, a serious problem there in in esports for for not not just organisations but companies as a whole. Uh, do you do you think organisations are utilising all of the revenue streams available to them right now, or are there missed opportunities as such? Uh, well, the answer to the first question is no, um, but the answer to the second question is I wouldn't call it missed opportunities. I think at this point everyone is is still figuring out their business model, and I think you will see um, every. So, you know, we, we, we don't see ourselves as just an esports team. We see ourselves as a, a gaming and esports entertainment brand. So the, the revenue streams that we can tap into could be vastly different to that of our, you know, um, counterparts, say, like G2. They could come up with lots of different revenue streams that, you know, we've not thought of and we don't really think is applicable to our brand. Yeah. There'll be obvious ones that we all do, like, you know, your partnership revenue or sponsorship revenue, your merchandising. Yeah, they're, they're the kind of obvious ones, but they're... The ancillary revenue stream. I think people will arrive at different conclusions, and no one's got like a, a blueprint. I have an idea, and we have an idea of how we think we should do it. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not going to divulge my full <laughs> business development strategy plan to you. But Shit. you know, we've we've we, yeah, we've got some good ideas um, that are outside your kind of uh, normal revenue streams, if you like. Yeah. But I don't I don't think we're sweating those normal ones well enough at all. Like um, I heard someone say on a panel the other day, they thought. Esports sponsorships were going to plateau. Like I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that more. Like I don't think that we are getting nearly enough the value in from a you know it's not sponsorship, it's partnership. So there is a slight difference there. But yeah. from a partnerships perspective, I don't think we're nearly getting the value that you know we deserve or we could um, achieve. And I think you're actually starting to see the more traditional like sponsorships from uh, from traditional sports start to learn quite a lot from esports the way we're building out partnerships and the way we're building out like content packages etc so i actually think the growth there will still be exponential over over the next few years so i think the traditional revenue streams if you want to call them or the the more simple ones will continue to grow as well as new revenue streams will, will come up okay well we've seen um right games with lec bring in um like the likes of shell and, and red bull and Chibo, Warner Music, and a bunch of other partnerships over the, over its first year after it rebranded from EULCS, and obviously uh, Excel Esports is a part of that. So I was just wondering, kind of, what you would say are the like both like the the highlights and and the challenges of your first year working alongside Riot Games and competing in the in the league. Yes, yeah, so, I mean that that kind of builds upon my my last point in that. I also don't think that we've, you know, uh, there are so many more non-endemic brands now getting involved in the space. I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. And I think we're going to start to see a lot more competition for partnerships. It's not just like fulfilling your quota. You're actually going to have to start turning some down and, and, and start going with competitors, et cetera, because I think there's going to be more competition in that market. And I think the commercial model that the LEC and Riot Games have created is the best I've seen in esports, I mean, I've not seen every every league, and I've not been across um, everything, but certainly the way they have structured their league is is spot on, in my opinion. Um, and we've really we've really enjoyed actually working with Riot Games as a company, and I think their vision is is correct for esports, and the way they're trying to um, to structure the league and the long term partnership is is bang on. And and that's not my that's not my politically correct answer. That's my genuine belief in in, in what they're doing. Okay, so um, I know they don't like to call it franchising, and, and technically it isn't, so it's a long-term partnership, right? But 
Uh, even with, say, like Call of Duty, which was traditionally a, an open title for the longest time, anyone could come in and impress and, and make it, really. But um, even that's been franchised now with people spending at least like £25 million to, to get in. Do you see, now, now obviously you've been exposed to it, and you see that there's a lot of kind of structure and a bit of safety and security in franchise leagues, do you see XL's future um, mostly or entirely being in, in franchising and these long-term partnerships, or... Is there still viability in in open titles for you? So there are a few different um, models kind of being created now. So like the Riot Games model couldn't be more different to the Call of Duty League model, for instance. Um, the the Rainbow Six model is like a sort of tier two esport. Couldn't be more different to either of those titles. So I think each publisher is coming up with its own um, model, and there's there's no blueprint. I mean, as I've said to you, I think from our experience of, of leagues that the, the way Riot Games are trying to do it is the best way because although it is a closed ecosystem at, at tier one, it's not a franchise system. So you still have like, you know, you still have a lot more control over your brand, et cetera, and how you build that um, and how you differentiate yourself to other brands in the league. So that that's good for number one. But also the way they have built out, at least in Europe. So I'm just talking about the LEC here. I'm not yeah. talking about, you know, the or anything like that. Oh, sorry, my, uh, my, my computer just shut down in a second there. Um, yeah, no, in, in, at least in uh, the, the LEC, what I think is, is, is happening is um, the Tier 2 and the Tier 3 levels are really being thought through. Yeah. So you look at um, the European Masters Tier 2 competition in League of Legends and the way they're trying to build out the 13 different regional leagues in Europe and trying to really build a pathway for players to get noticed and get scouted. I think that model is brilliant. Um, obviously, it has its drawbacks for those organizations who aren't in the LEC. Like I completely accept that it is kind of a haves and have not, but I still think there is a solid business model to be made out of a team just competing at that tier two level. Yeah. So I think the positives are the way they've kind of built out the full ecosystem. I think you know some of, uh, if you've spoken to their Amer- American um, counterparts, I think some people have reservations about how the LCS has done anything below that, and the Academy League hasn't really been what they wanted it to be, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just talking about the European model. Mm -hmm. That, for me, has made complete sense. Um, As we look to expand, which we are, you know, more than happy to do, we need a model that makes sense. And as I say, the LEC makes sense. So if a model uh, comes along that is similar, you know, we're going to say that it makes sense and we're going to look at it seriously. but that's not to say that's the only model that can work. Um, as I, say, I think the the Rainbow Six model is is very sophisticated, even though it's an open ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Well, we've just seen. So um, I think it was Eminem that won the UK Prem, probably uh, spring or summer. I can't remember which now. I was there, so I should remember really. And then got picked <laughs> up by Navi, and then went on yeah. to do very well there, make the Pro League and such, and and that's majority UK team. They won right, the whole so. thing. Well, they won the. They're like the best team in the world now, that Narvi team. There you so, go. So, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. And for, for kind of a UK focused team as well, a UK bond team, that's that's incredible. And obviously, you yourselves are kind of representing Great Britain and the UK in, in the LEC. Um, and But I, I wouldn't say the UK esports scene overall is like as developed as, as others that are around. So, what, what do you kind of think of the, the pitfalls and the areas for development or that should be focused on in, in UK esports? Yeah, so I suppose XL as a brand has global aspirations, but we, you know, we want to be recognised as 
you know, the, the, the boldest British esports team ever. You know, we, we want to still recognize our British roots and kind of where we came from, which means we also have um, a duty to look at how we can help that scene get more professionalized and get better. So we're looking at, you know, developmental programs, um, Path to Pro. I think, you know, my, my biggest experience is with League of Legends at the moment, so I can only speak to that um, mainly when it comes to esports right now, but certainly what's happening in the university leagues and what's happening with uh, Belong Gaming Arenas and all of those kind of Path to Pro and, and building out that um, kind of grassroots system, if you like, if you want to call it that. I think we need more of that in the UK because certainly someone like me who's absolutely terrible at video games, I'm never going to be a professional esports player um, and have no desire to be, but I do have a desire to play in a team of people at a similar level uh, as me and compete against other people of a similar level as me um, mm -hmm. and have that kind of competitive experience. And I don't think that that is commonplace um, across esports, uh, certainly in the UK at the moment, you know, um, with in schools or in universities you know, we should give people that ability to compete at whatever level they're at no no i, I agree and, and i mean it kind of it kind of um leads into it but on a more like global level so where realistically where do you see esports fitting into say like so we've got some like mainstream and non-endemic brands as such coming in now but where do you see esports fitting into the entire entirety of entertainment really in like the next five years and, and what role do you want xl to be playing in in that yeah, so I think esports, as much as it's a catch-all term, is also quite a uh, a narrow term in that esports is, for me, the competitive gaming element. Mm -hmm. We're always going to have that huge esports focus as a brand and have those, you know, um, the, the, that sexy part to our business, which is the guys competing at, uh, at hopefully a global international level uh, consistently. But our brand is rooted in gaming. I mean, that's really where it started. It has that um, those kind of pop culture elements to it. Right. And I think our brand needs to supersede just esports and needs to represent that gaming entertainment kind of you know pop culture. And there's all sorts of um, different cultural movements that come into that, like different types of music, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's where I see our brand at least uh, specifically fitting in and I think esports really um, fits it is kind of a a section of what is a much bigger cultural movement um, if you like uh, I don't know if that answers your question but that's that's where at least I see it anyway no 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 that makes sense well we've, we've seen the likes of say like Drake with 100 Thieves obviously and then but before that he played Fortnite with Ninja and, and Travis Scott and that blew things up there uh, but I, I do kind of I see a lot of people cross-polluting or kind of um misrepresenting what esports is and 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 saying all of all of esports all of gaming is esports all of gaming is esports all of esports is gaming blah blah blah, blah. but in, instead there's separate there should be separate lines in my opinion so say like the esports awards that was in arlington recently there was like a streamer of the year year there but that's what's the streamer got to, our content creator for example you can have esports content creators i guess yeah. like create content around the competitions but there's a lot of it gets rather messy and I, I don't know if it's more beneficial, more beneficial or more detrimental to have like hard lines as to what's what, like a hard definition of esports. So mini lad creating content is obviously not esports, but then I guess they were doing that to kind of leech off of the or like bring in audience members from gaming itself. Yeah, 
I, th I think esports is a bit of a misnomer, if I'm honest. If we could roll back the clock, I think we'd get rid of the word esports altogether and we'd just have gaming and professional gaming and competitive right. gaming. You know, all these different types of gaming. There's casual gaming, there's competitive gaming, there's professional gaming, right? There's all of these different levels to it. We don't need the word esports, to be perfectly honest with you, but we've got it, so let's make the most of it. Um, it is the term that really has um, hit the mainstream. So if it, you know, I think I think we we can't really sit here and um, and argue about it. I think we just have to get on with it and do the best we can with helping people understand the difference between casual gaming and esports and and competing. Um, so yeah, the esports award giving awards to uh, streamers who have never competed in a tournament in their life doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, uh, at all there should be the the gaming and esports awards and then that kind of is a catch-all term and then no one can really complain uh ninja being on the front of espn as the biggest esports star in the world he's never actually made it that big as an esports star you know no. he was a he was a pretty good halo player and he was a pretty good fortnite player but actually um he's he's a gamer and he's a really well-known uh, streamer so you know that that doesn't help, but at the same time, should we be sitting here and complaining about all of that mainstream attention, or should we be trying to ride the wave? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the kind of person who will complain and then accept it still. I'm like, no, <laughs> I want all this attention, but it does my head in. But no, so um, talking about awards or such, so uh, I believe it was it organisation of, of the year that you won at the UK Esports Awards earlier this year, I think it was September. Yeah, so we did it back to back. back, so, to back. We did it, uh, so congratulations on that. But um, what, what do you, you think yeah. about award shows? Like, do you think they're necessary? Um, uh, and what do kind of awards mean to you personally and as an organisation? Like a two-pronged thing there, really. Yeah, it's a really hot topic at the moment. I mean, for the organisation, like, don't get me wrong, it's lovely to have recognition for the work you're, you're, you're putting in. Um, but that, that's as far as it goes. I think, however, they are really important for the industry. Like, I actually do think sometimes we all need to sit in a room and pat each other on the back and go, hey, we're doing really well and we're building something really cool here. Yeah. And you were outstanding, so, you know, you should be recognized for that. Like, I have no problem with us all, you know, um, <laughs> patting each other on the back once in a while and, and celebrating all the good parts of, of, of our industry. I just think it's really important. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm a fan if they are... You know, if they're done authentically, um, and yeah, they're done in 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 the way, in, in a way where people are clearly in the know-how um, yeah. of the industry and not just trying to ride the wave, which um, people could definitely be uh, be criticised for um, for sure. Yeah, because I'd say, I'd say we're all um, too busy to kind of stop and, and and understand what's going on and the progress we've made, right? Because everyone's just kind of, I guess, the scenes kind of like been built from the ground up but by the people within sure. it and and you kind of before you know it like three years has gone and it's like oh crap well in that time we've made all this progress but you don't realize it because it's, you're consumed by it it's like every day exactly i wake up i go on twitter as soon as i wake up i'm on twitter looking at what's happened looking for what pieces of news i need to cover on these foots inside of today like it's it's ridiculous and sometimes you don't look back a year and go oh well we've actually doubled in staff and done this and done that it's so i understand that but yeah i feel it's it's, it's, it's insane mate like i i sent this to our, our staff members the other day um sort of we are all kind of patting each other on the back on of um how successful an off season this has been with us for us uh, yeah we've had a lot of good acquisitions uh, and everyone's just yeah very excited um 
about what we've done so far. So everyone was kind of patting each other on the back. And, and I was saying, like, guys, this is really important that we do this because if you told me two years ago, oh, um, Kieran, your baby is going to have a team in the LEC or the EU LCS at the time, um, you know, I would have laughed at you and said, no, that's like a, that's a pipe dream yeah. and that is like the pinnacle, right? That is as good as it'll ever get for us. And then, then we're there and it's like, oh, so we kind of climb that big mountain and we're like, oh, shit, there's a massive mountain over there that we've got to climb as well. Um, and you don't really appreciate that you've just climbed a massive mountain to get to where you are. Well, so it is really important that we all kind of look around and go, well done, well done, everyone. Um, celebrate the successes. Oh, without a doubt. But then you've got you've got to think about as well, like you're, where you're sat in right now. I assume you're in the XLHQ, right, in Twickenham Stadium. Like, So I was there Indeed. in September for ESI London and I didn't get to see your whole setup. But I mean, like the, the whole stadium itself, from what I saw, is insane. So I just like... The, the the achievement and the accomplishment of like that happening like XLHQ existing is like is insane as well. It's crazy and like and yeah again if you told me you would be working with Twickenham Stadium on um, building this that you know again I would have uh, I, I would have laughed at you so uh, yeah I mean look, we've 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 achieved a lot and it's great to pat each other on the back but you, you know as uh, we really haven't got started like that's not again a some form of line that i just want to drop in there like we are so far away from, from what our vision is that we really have hardly even got started so important to celebrate the wins um let's not all let's not slow momentum down for xl for the whole like the whole industry um, we still have to be looking at what the next thing is what the next thing is etc Without a doubt, and I know you've got to shoot off in a minute. I'll ask one. I'll ask one quick question. Um, where are you predicting XL to finish uh, next season? Spring split, LEC. Spring split. So first split with the the new roster. Um, I would be I would be disappointed if we don't make playoffs and and, and make the top six in, in in our first split. Um, the goal is not to make that until the, the the second split. But based on the roster that we've assembled and the, and the coaching staff we have, I would be disappointed if we don't make top six. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to um, hold you accountable so we can go back to this in a few months ago. Look, you managed to achieve it because you're going to, right? You need to, I need you to rep for, for the sure. UK and, and for Britain. So uh, I'll say thank you sure very not. much for, for coming on. I appreciate it. Where can people find you in Excel on, on social media? No, thanks very much, mate. Um, yeah, feel free to, to follow me. I post some interesting stuff every now and again at Kieran X Darby on Twitter. Um, but more importantly, follow Excel at Excel on Twitter. Um, for any updates to the organisation. There we go. I'm just Biden Fitch everywhere, so you should know that by now, hopefully. Um, feel free to subscribe. I didn't say that in the first episode because I am really shit at this, but if you want to see more, more of these, then feel free to subscribe, and thank you for watching. I appreciate it.